Frank Powers, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, the program where I speak to our neighbors, the people behind the scenes of our amazing organizations, small businesses, and nonprofits. Our friends are informing you how they serve our community, and they are here to give you updates on future projects. So let's make some new friends today. Helping kids is a big theme of Lifestyle Tucson and a lot of the organizations that I talk to on the show. In 1999, GAP Ministries began by caring for foster children in the homes of their founders. And that aspect of the ministry has grown over the years, depending on the need, from seven to 14 family-style group homes. GAP cares for approximately 250 kids each year, with teens making up about 51% of that. Splash houses are staffed with full-time live-in house parent couples and support staff who have a desire to share God's unconditional love with the children in care. Today, I'm joined by Tian Kennedy, Public Relations and Development Director of GAP Ministries. Tian, welcome to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm so happy to be here. I've loved talking to you before we even got started. <laughs> I know, we talked so much. I, know, I don't I think love there's making, anything left to say, right? I love making friends. <laughs> we get to share everything that we talked about with all the people listening now because you're really helping kids and you're helping foster kids, yeah. which is really important. Some of these kids that are going through temporary situations and or permanent situations, but still, we've all got to go on. The beat goes on in life and they still have to live their lives, yeah. but they need that help and your organization is helping them. So I want to go through a lot of the things that you guys do, but tell me a little bit about Gap Ministries just right off the bat. Well, you covered it. We started in 1999 in the Founder's Home, and there were really two sides to it, caring for kids, and then also they, they, they started with what they had in their hands. They said, okay, what can we do to make a difference? We have rooms in our house. We can take in kids. They had two kids, um, became house parents at our first house, and actually ended up adopting four kids from that house. So they now wow. have six kids. Every one of their grandkids, and they have eight grandchildren now, are not their bio kids because their son, who is a bio son, adopted two kids from foster care. Mm -hmm. Their daughter hasn't had kids. She's developmentally delayed. And then the um, other four kids that they adopted have all had children. Of course, those aren't their bio kids. So it's really cool to see how you can have a huge family in this wonderful big family and it's only because they opened up their hearts to other kids that weren't That's from their incredible. own family. Like you don't think about that <clears throat> because a lot of people just think about almost the cartoonish TV sitcom situation of just having a toddler come on in. We've adopted them. Roll credits. Yeah. Not the idea of like, no, that becomes your family and then your grandkids. And how many did you just name that? That's amazing. That's right. Eight grandkids. And they're awesome. I've been with them 12 years. So I've watched. All these kids grow up, get married, have kids, wow. and watch this happen. And you kind of, you don't think about it till later, like you said, in retrospect, like, look at this. We wouldn't even had any of these children if yeah. we hadn't stepped out and, and done this. Yeah. And also, just really cool kids. I'm getting off track, but one of the sons that they adopted um, came in, Michael, when he, he was a year and a half with his sister, his mm -hmm. older sister. And uh, Michael has since grown up, gone off to uh, school, got married. He's just had his second baby, and they are house parents for us. That's amazing. So he's a kid that came in as a foster kid and now as a house parent with with kids that are coming in. And a lot of times they come in, you don't know my situation. He's like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I that's, get it. That's important. That's a lot cool. of organizations like yours, they do really get that, where the, the people they take care of end up growing up and taking care of that it organization. Is, it does happen. You see it a lot. And same with foster families. You're talking about foster care. We, you know, our foster families, a lot of times when I talk to them, 
they're like, oh, my parents were foster parents. Mm-hmm. And I saw what it was like, and I really liked it. And, you know, and I think it's scary for families at first. Yes. Could take in a stranger and all. But everybody I talked to, they're always like, even the lady I talked to recently said, she's one of our, our parents, and she they've had eight kids through the house. She said, at first, my kids were kind of against it. Like, why are we doing this again? And and she said, then we were kind of done. My husband and I were like, okay, we've had, you know, we've done this. We've served. We've helped. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, no, let's keep doing it. We love it. Wow. So you know, she said it changed their ideas of family. And she said it's impacted her daughters in college. And she said it's impacted what she wants to do for a career. I believe so, it. Yeah. I believe it. Because it's inspirational. It's only goodness. You know, yeah. sometimes, you, you know, you, you talk to uh, folks and it's the unknown that scares us all. Right. Mm-hmm. I always tell people to walk toward what scares them. Right. You you don't know where the light switch to that dark room is. It might be right inside there or it might be all the way across the room. Yeah. But you'll never find it if you don't start going in there and poking around. Yeah. And guess what? Once you turn on that light, you might find that everything you're looking for in life has been right there. That's that's so true. That's yeah. good advice because life isn't about being safe. Life is about taking risks and loving and getting your heart broken sometimes. But, you know, if you don't if you don't do that, you miss out on so much. And that's and you, what I've seen. You got to take risks. I don't know. I'm not licking any doorknobs out in public anytime soon. <laughs> no, but you can be safe that yeah, way. But when it comes to uh, challenging yourself, right? Right. Like every acrobat was scared, but they all became acrobats. Right. You know, think about that. And that's what I always talk to people about. And whenever you talk to anybody that has the experience of growing up or knowing someone that was adopted, one of my best friends growing up was adopted. So I don't have any weird ass, you know illusions about it. And uh, my aunt grown up, she she was mentally disabled. So I'm used to that. And then one of my best friends, his sister was, he's used to it. When we went to college, you then saw how people can treat handicapped individuals right. because they're afraid or how they can treat uh, foster kids or the idea of that because mm-hmm. they just don't understand or they have a lot of preconceived notions. That's very true. We see that a lot. And I mean, these kids are just kids. Yeah. And yes, they do have some trauma that you might have to work through that other kids haven't had. But I mean, they're awesome kids. And I've met a lot of them that have grown up and come back. We had a 20th anniversary and we had about a dozen come back that had been with us as kids. And they're married. They have kids. They're doing well. And like one of the girls said, all my kids, I look at them, watch them playing and think my kids will never have to go through what I did. Wow. And it's all because somebody stepped out and changed that cycle for her. And they're awesome. They're and they're really resilient. Yeah. You know, kids, kids if are. they have somebody that starts giving them structure, you know, rules that help them, you know, and and love and unconditional love and really support, it's amazing how they can really turn things around and be grow up to be a different person. That's what we're about, breaking cycles mm-hmm. so that then the next generation doesn't keep repeating. Yeah. That's important. You know, it, it is about the legacy of what you're doing. That's why these kids come back to then continue helping. They don't want to know the what if of what could have happened. Yeah, that's very true. You know, and, yeah. and that's important. The world is hard enough, isn't it? The world is challenging enough. So being able to just have a good upbringing, good home life, a safe home life. Right. That's really important. Again, when we talk about mental health in this country is the biggest issue we talk about. And imagine how tough it is for an orphan. You know, for yeah. a kid in foster care, it's such a different worldview and world experience where. Well, yeah. And kids blame themselves. It's like, you know, you do they? kids that have divorced parents think it must have been me that caused it. And it's yeah. not the kids. No. But they blame themselves sometimes. And just to know, yeah, I'm I'm OK and I can do this. And 
have adults that pour into you. And and that's the other thing when you're saying the world. I was thinking that this morning before I was coming to see you, and I thought, you know, people get overwhelmed sometimes because there is so much brokenness in our world right now, mm-hmm. you know, drug addiction and homelessness and lots of foster kids. But you can't look at all of it and get overwhelmed. You just have to go, what can I do? What's one person I can touch their life? And that's what I've seen over the years, you know, one by one. You you don't save everybody, but by you sticking your neck out and doing something and caring about another person, you do, you know, this one's saved, that one's saved, this one goes on. And then the multiplying effect of that, of them having children that are going to be healthy, productive citizens and have children that will be, you know, it changes the system, but it's very small and you can't look at it as overwhelming. You just have to pick something and do it. Yeah, it's exponential growth. And Mm -hmm. that's what I try to talk to people when it comes to like, let's just use politics as an example. Everyone cares about those elections every four years. You should really care about the election in your neighborhood board. You should care about your election at the, you know, downtown uh, uh, at the city council. You know, uh, you got to love when an issue pops up every few years that gets everybody down there. And I used to go down there a lot. And then it only takes a few weeks and it's like, oh, it's just me and this old man again. You know, <laughs> like it's. Yeah, it's so true. Well, like everything in our social media, it's like last week, this was the yep. soup du jour and everybody had it in their profile picture. And now we've, oh yeah, that was so last week. It was so last week. We're like on to the next cliche. crisis. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. sad. The instant gratification and the, the, the very quick dismissal of things, you know, because what have you done for me lately? Addicted to newness. Yeah. That's a lot of people. You know, so let's uh, let's get them addicted to a brand new idea. And it's the idea of anybody out there thinking of like adopting a child or helping out even a temporary thing. Right. So let's go through some of the, t- the some of the steps because I have them here. We've got foster care. Right. So we talked a bit about that. Let's talk about a meet and greet. So how does that go on? What we're doing now after COVID, it, it's still called a meet and greet, but it's not in person. Okay. So it's actually I mean, it's individual. Okay. So we used to have it where we'd be a group of people. Now everybody's schedules are so crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's just contact us and come over and meet the staff. Come over and talk to somebody. Have a quick phone call. Just see if it's even something that your family is considering. They say, actually, statistically, people think about foster care for five years before they do anything about it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's just been you know, in the back of your mind, like maybe I want to do that someday. Maybe I could do that. Yeah. Just find out more. You don't have, nobody's going to, you know, tie you up and make you come to classes, but. Exactly right. Find out more. Just go down and get some more information. If you've had that little itch, scratch mm-hmm. it because all you got to do, this little show might be getting you, you know, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should. Let's stoke that fire a little bit. Go down, say hi. I'm going to give you all the contact information in a little bit. And you were just saying that you don't have to take classes, but let's talk about foster care college. So what is foster care college? You know, that's the other thing. The state has really simplified that and made it a lot shorter than it used to be. I believe it used to be 10 weeks. Okay. And it's, I'm sorry, I'm not the director over that program, so I can't remember the exact amount of weeks, but it's cut back maybe six weeks. And they're fabulous classes. I took them once just so I'd know what was going on. And actually, all parents should be required to take them because they were great things about being aware of some of your cultural biases or racial things, like how you think, how your family looks at things and mm-hmm. go, you know, if we're going to have kids from all different backgrounds, socioeconomic, races, whatever, how does our family, who do we interact with? What are our friends like? And are we able to to do that and be more open-minded and have friends that would be? It's It really makes you think outside the box. They I were believe great that. classes. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, again, even whenever I hear about certain classes when it comes to situation, I'm like, that would benefit any parent. It would. Right? 
As yeah. in, it's just about helping kids understand. And trauma. And, and really, in this day and age, I don't know about you, but I know lots of people that are struggling with anxiety, you know, lots of adults and trauma in some way or another. And so, you know, just learning ways to deal with people who are struggling, how to talk in a quieter voice, how to react, parenting things that are fabulous that we don't all take when we're having kids. Yeah. And don't forget, this isn't just about like foster kids and all that stuff because GAP has programs that provide, uh, they provide supervised visitations and nurturing parenting training for birth parents that are really just going through something or maybe there was just a misstep. GAP is looking for every opportunity to reunite and rebuild strong families because that's important too. So programs for that exist as well. So go check out their website. We'll give you all the details in a little bit, unless you got the website right on the top of your brain right now. Well, the website is gapmin.com. Easy. Yeah. G-A-P-M-I-N.com. And you can find all the different programs we're going to talk about. And foster care is really, foster care and taking care of foster kids is kind of the heart of GAP. It's where we started, but we've expanded. Over the years, we, we looked at it, and we've been doing this over 20 years, we could do this from now till eternity because it just never ends. Right. But what can we do to perhaps stop it on the front end before these kids end up with us? Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it, once they are with us, what are some things we can do to create healthier families, to help them get on their feet with jobs, and then not come back? So we're trying to do more to the break these cycles so we don't keep having foster kids. I mean, we want to be out of business and have no more foster kids. Right. I often ask, <laughs> I often ask at the end, yeah. what is a wish for your organization? And I know yours is like, I wish we were out of business. Yeah, Sometimes absolutely. that is what these groups say. Right. Or half as many. Yeah. That, you know, half as many in 10 years and half as many more in 20. Right. You know, so that you are making that huge difference. But you are making a difference because, again, if there's one thing you're providing, we've talked about it, it's hope. So let's talk about the Campus of Hope. Okay, I'd love to do that. Heck we yeah. are your neighbors. You said, you know, talking to neighbors, we literally are five minutes from you. I know. Isn't that it's from Arizona Lotus <laughs> Studios right yeah, here? Yeah, and we were right by the Sam Levitt's warehouse okay. off of the freeway. And we just purchased this property a year ago, a little bit over a year and a half. We had a leased property for 10 years. Okay. And so this was an opportunity to have our own place, save a lot of money that we can put into programs, Mm -hmm. and um, be able to do some things we couldn't do at the lease property. And one of those is our community warehouse, which that we started that for our programs for our kids. And it's just expanded because we've gotten so many organizations that give us donations that we partner with. Walmart's a big one. Um, Costco. We have other organizations that give us donations. We pull those things for our families, for our kids Uh that we need. But we have such an excess that we've been sharing it with the community for about 10 years. Really? Yes. And so we have every Tuesday, we have about 35 to 40 other local nonprofits that come and get food from us. Whatever we get when we go pick up our food, it's usually fresh produce, things that are going to be expiring soon. Mm -hmm. So we need to get it out right away. So we split it up in pallets and they come and get it and take it off to serve people on the Indian reservation, on, you know, a different south side, different parts of Tucson that are highly in need. Um, And then with the rest of it, we have a shopping area where we've opened it to the public, which we couldn't do at our old location. Okay. And we, we, um, people that qualify who are on access, who are seniors, uh, military, veterans, and active duty. I'm probably forgetting some. It's on our website. But they can come once a month, show their ID, and get a voucher for shopping for items that we have that get donated. Diapers, hygiene items, a variety of household goods. Yeah. 
Um, and then other than that, we also have food, and the food is free, and anybody can come get it. Um, it's four days a week. They can come and shop. We have limits on it. So a while back, we had cases of eggs. You could come get one 18, you know, 18-count carton, sure. but you could come back the next day if you wanted more. We don't want everybody just coming and stocking up. Right. But we've, we're finding a lot of families that are just trying to supplement their budgets so that they aren't, you know, they're not struggling to pay the bills. And that's really our goal is to keep families, poverty, they say, is the number one indicator for kids ending up in foster care, mm-hmm. which is understandable. The pressures get on you. People that were drug addicts years ago and have been clean and sober for a long time, you know, not being able to pay your, pay your bills creates a lot of stress on a family. Yeah. So that's one of our goals is, you know, keep them in here. They can pay their electric bills because they have enough groceries. They've got fresh produce. And that's been an awesome program. We have about 200 people coming every day and getting fresh foods and all from us. That's huge. Again, I mean, I grew up so my, you know, I grew up, you know, pretty middle class, but we I, I never had a starter jacket. I had a Kmart jacket, right? Right. Because my parents lived on a budget and all that couponing that they used to do. Yeah. My mom would coupon like there's no tomorrow. All that time spent to save this 20 bucks. You go down there and, yeah, get a bag of groceries. It's just that little bit of help. Yeah, to, it to really does make a money. difference. Yeah. And it's good stuff. I mean, it's usually fresh produce. And we have a lot of, you know, eggs and fruits and vegetables. And we get crazy stuff. You never know what you're going to get. You well, know? that's also fun, So it's too. nice, too. Yeah. yeah. I went to, because I used to go to the food bank once in a while when I was uh-huh. in a little bit of a jam. And that that did help. I'm like, yeah, this is $20 I don't need to spend. And then that quickly turned into like $50. And I'm like, oh, there's the tank of gas I need yeah, it to really, get to my job. It is. So it does all And sometimes bad food's healthier. I mean, cheaper. So people go and buy, you know, crap like Top Ramen. Okay. Very cheap. Yes. So that's why I think you can come get this. Because if you're on a really tight budget, you're not going to buy, you know, some of the produce that's expensive. I know. And it is you so know? funny because there's so many farmer's markets around too. Like I see friends post about this. Like I have this many cases of squash if anybody wants. Like there is food out there. Yeah. To be got. You got to be eating fruits and vegetables. It ain't Hershey bars. But that's a good thing, you know, yeah. and being able to have a central location for families in need, families in general to be able to come qualify for that, those military families too. Everybody that needs a little bit of help, right? Getting that little bit of help goes a long way. A little goes a long way. Yeah, right? it really does. So that's one thing. And then on the back end um, of with the foster care program, one of the, well, you mentioned that we have the nurturing parenting and the supervised visitation to work with families who are working really hard to reunite their families and fix some of the things that they grew up with. You have to remember that was probably how they were raised. Yes. A lot of times. And so sometimes they just don't know anything different and mm-hmm. we're teaching them new skills. But then another program that I love at GAP is our Career Plus, and that is um, we have culinary because we have a kitchen, a commercial kitchen. We have culinary, we have warehouse because Mm -hmm. we have this gigantic warehouse, and then we have a little bit of retail, and then we're trying to expand that to more opportunities for people. And these programs are great. It's to people, it's underemployed, unemployed, people coming out of incarceration, um, addiction programs, and it's free. It's a 10-week course plus five weeks of life skills. So we're going to do financial literacy. We're Mm going to do how do you deal with people that you work with. And so many things that people have just never learned those skills of how do you work with your coworkers that are difficult? How do you quit a job in the right way? Not just not show up the next day. You know, you put in your notice and you 
just things like that that seem simple, but they're really fabulous skills. The funny thing, I'm laughing because, again, these are skills that I wish, A, at a certain point in my life I got taught, and B, I know tons of friends that need these skills now. I know. I thought the same. When I read through the curriculum, I'm like, dang, we should all take this. I'd like to right? take this. Yeah, conflict resolution yeah. and, you know, things like that. So, And then what's really cool about this program is we've been doing it about five years in the kitchen, then we've just added the warehouse in the last couple of years and the retail We've had an auto mechanics, and we'd like to get that going again, but the, the company we worked with got bought out by a, a California company, so oh. we aren't partnering with them anymore. Okay. But we've been doing it a long time, but what we saw the, the hole in the system was people that are coming from really difficult situations, and then they get this class, 10 weeks, they do all this, they go out, they get a great job. at a, We've had people at all the Charo restaurants, Dove Mountain, um, you know, just great jobs but then life hits down the road six months a year down the road and people that haven't you know have doesn't have the skills to deal with that sometimes go back to the same bad crowds so what we're adding to this program now is going to be more of a support system for up to 18 months oh wow and not everybody has to do it but it's available to them if they want to come back get retrained get go into um, support groups get some counseling uh, help finding section 8 housing bus passes, just resources. So yeah. you know, you know, it gets them on their feet better. Well, so I'm excited about that. Sometimes the hardest thing for any of us to do is ask for help. But that is the thing is you have to be willing to ask. Yeah. So that is why that program being 18 months afterwards, it is smart that it's just like, it's here for you, but you do have to show up. It's right. up to you to say, okay, I need a little extra right now because I'm slipping or I don't know what to do because of this. And I understand that. I go cross-eyed trying to fill out taxes. Like (laughs) there are certain things that I just get very intimidated by. Mm -hmm. And some people think I can climb any mountain and then someone puts a few forms in front of me and I just freeze. You know, (laughs) you just need these skills. So we almost, you went through them fast. I want to talk about how great this culinary program is, right? Because it's two five-week courses led by uh, the Gap executive chef, John Hone, previous winner of Iron Chef Tucson. All right. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. 25 years of experience in some of Tucson's, Tucson's finest restaurants and resorts. It's a 40 hour a week boot camp that's going to give students a head start in the culinary field. Mm-hmm. The culinary field is amazing. All right. It is. And you know what? It's a field that you can go into if you're tatted all over your yep. body because you're coming out of prison. Yep. Nobody cares. You'll be right. the coolest chef out there. That's right. And the back of the house <laughs> is exactly where you're going to fit yeah. right in. I implore anyone to always look into that. I worked in restaurants, getting my start for a long time, bartending stuff, kitchen stuff, being a waiter. Love it, all right? And there's a community there as well, right? Now, you got to be careful. Yes, that's true. Because again, late nights- Get a little wild. Right, can do that. Back of the house gets a little crazy. Another reason we have the 18-month follow-up. Yes. (laughs) So you have some good influences if if you're struggling with that. Yeah, there's also a bunch of great places that aren't going to let you do that. You mentioned the Charo family. They're a great family. They have a lot of great restaurants, a lot of opportunities for people. And there are such great organizations, but yes, uh, just say no to drugs is always a good thing to do. It is right, but yeah, it's it's awesome, Frank. I I got to tell you, there's one guy, and I I didn't check before I came here today, but he's been at the um, what's the club that's in the stadium at the at the U of A? Oh, Sands Club. Yeah, and you know it's right there in the stadium, and we've had a number of our culinary grads go there, but we had one man who was like 55 and had been homeless for several years really? and came and he, as, long, as far as I know, he's still at the Sands Club and doing great. And Isn't it's like, something? yeah, it was really encouraging to see. 
I, I, I've personally gotten to know several of the graduates from that and kept in touch with them. And they're wonderful people. One of my friends, is, um, he went to, to prison for seven years, I believe, for dealing drugs. Yeah. But he was, as a 12-year-old, sold by his mom to her drug dealer. Oh, my God. And, and just recruited and taught. But he's done great and um, just a wonderful person. And it's just nice to see somebody get on a different, completely different path in life. And it's been really encouraging to me. I, I told somebody one time with foster kids, it's a long-term thing. Like It's just like raising your own kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't like them at all, like in their teens. And then they come around in about 25, and you're like, okay, this is a pretty nice person again. Right. But um, kids take a long time. But with that culinary program, you could literally watch somebody come in who is just fresh out of prison. They're doing it because their parole officer said, you got to do something. Mm-hmm. They've got this look like, yeah, right. Here we go. Whatever. And you just watch them. Like in this four or five weeks from then, they start standing taller they're smiling. They've got kind of this sparkle like, hey, I could actually do this. Yeah. This could actually work for me. Yep. And it's just, it's fun to watch somebody transform and then go to their graduations and families show up with balloons. They're all dressed up. They've got cards. And it's like you think these families have showed up at, pr- the only time they've all been together is like for somebody's sentencing. Wow. You know, and now they're going and celebrating and they just became a you know, got their chef knife and they got their, get to wear their little chef hat. And so it is really cool to see people's lives changed. Yeah. Cause when you're, when you're going to culinary arts, it's not just a job, it's a career. Yeah. And that's huge. I love the other programs where you're training people and all those things, all those opportunities. I hope that maybe the automotive thing does kick back we up. We do. We want it to come back. If somebody's interested huge. out there and hears that, we'd love to do that again because there was a lot of interest in it. Uh, there definitely is. Yeah. And again, and there's a lot of need in it. If yes. you, anybody that's trying to get their car fixed, you're waiting six weeks to get it in. Yeah. No, so. it's ridiculous. We definitely need more skilled people mm-hmm. in the world, all right? Not just for programming data algorithms. We need people <laughs> taking care of our cars. All right? Yeah, we Nothing do. And plumbers. Blue collar. Yeah. yeah, some blue collar heroes. Yeah. We could use them. And, and you know what? They make a done. lot of money. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. I know my mechanic does have dairy. <laughs> but I really enjoyed talking with you. Again, that thing couldn't be more appropriately named considering it is the Campus of Hope because everything you just said, it is instilling hope in me. It's instilling hope, I hope, in some of these folks listening, right? If you are resonating with any of these messages, whether it's expanding your family, whether it's telling someone that you know a friend about an opportunity that they qualify for just for whether it's foods, whether it's for education, let them know. Tell them about it and tell them about Gap Ministries because they're helping a lot of people and obviously giving us all a lot of hope. So today we made friends with T.N. Kennedy, Public Relations and Development Director of Gap Ministries, standing in the gap for those in need, bringing help to children, healing to families, and hope to our community. Thanks for joining me today, Tian. Thank you. This was Lifestyle Tucson. That was awesome. You're a good interviewer because you did all your research. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you pre- you filled in a lot of blanks, and yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right. I'm going to leave that part in. <laughs> oh, you're still going? <laughs> bing bong bing. Time for a recap. You like that ending where I got that compliment and left it in? I certainly did. <laughs> that was pretty great. I do hear that from some of my uh, guests because 
I really do do the homework for you. That's what I like to say about this show, Lifestyle Tucson, being the director of public affairs. So it's uh, been a big deal because I really care about Tucson. That's not just a catchphrase. I really do care about all the people doing it. And I really care about the state of the world and the mental health of everybody. Because if you notice, the corporate news really does jam the bad news down our throats. And always that good news is the last 30 seconds and then there's a squirrel on water skis. But I like to talk about the good news and the good people in town doing things and making a difference for all the other people in town because that's what matters. So tell your friends about Lifestyle Tucson and make sure you follow everything that I'm doing. So uh, the recap is uh, go check out Gap Ministries at gapmin.com or follow them at Gap Ministries. You can uh, find all that other contact information there that you need and go give them a visit. Make sure you stop by, say hi, and volunteer. It's always a good way to do it. I want to thank our new friends at Gap Ministries for joining me today. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. If you're a nonprofit that would like to be on the show, email lifestyletucson at gmail.com. For more information about this program or to listen to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or espntucson.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Audible, or wherever fine podcasts are blessed. Follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Lifestyle Tucson because I'm your BFF, your best Frank forever, Frank Powers. Toot, toot, Tucson. I love you the most. <laughs>